Welcome to Because You Need to Know. I am Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. My name is Bart Verheyen. I live in Amsterdam in the Netherlands and I live there with my wife and two kids. And the interesting thing uh, might be that uh, we live below sea level, as, uh, by the way, uh, most of the Netherlands are below sea level. I think roughly, I mean, it's more or less 50% of the country is below sea level. As some uh, people say, uh, God created heaven and earth, only he didn't create the Netherlands that was created by the Dutch themselves. So it was literally one from the sea, while well, century-long uh, challenge to uh, to sort of safeguard and protect uh, the land and the the cities and the people uh, that live there. And what was the word for that? It, it's called polder, and and it's it appeared to be because I didn't know the English word. It appeared to be that the English took the word polder as well because it's uh, probably originates from the Netherlands. And no one else had it before. Got it. Got it. That is a historical word that when you look it up as definition, it actually cites it from your country. I mean, it's not like it happened anywhere else. Well, Bart, tell me a little bit about what the challenges are going into 2021. One for your organization, your company, and two for just knowledge management across organizations. First one step back for for myself so I, I, last year i think like for everyone has been uh completely different than expected um both hopefully for everyone also upside and uh possibilities that came up that you wouldn't have expected um and also i would say uh, downturns and and uh, stuff going wrong or or going completely in the uh, opposite direction and i think that's the same for everyone. I think it would be good to keep in mind the things that have improved and try and keep them. Personally, I've been able to take a lot more time for 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 mm-hmm. family, so mm-hmm. for my close family. I haven't been able or be allowed even by the government here in the Netherlands to take time for for more like the the next step and next circle in friends. So some of my friends, I haven't seen them for well over a year now, and which is still if you think about it it's really awkward people that you tend to see like i don't know a couple of times a year and then you all of a sudden haven't seen them for a long while so i really would long for that Uh, i cherish the um uh, the savings in in travel costs and time i mean it's so much more appreciated and accepted to do online conversations to have video calls with people pros and cons it's um, you shouldn't overlook uh, people who have been in a uh, in a bad place or, or or who've been laid off, for instance, from jobs. Or I mean, there are people who have been really tough. There have been people, uh, literally, people being very very ill. Uh, people being still suffering the consequences, even if they did survive the uh, the the bad state in the in the hospital. I think mm-hmm. it's uh, you shouldn't overlook that. But I think it's also given a new perspective on how much you can change in a really short time. The word that keeps coming up for me as you're talking about this, as I'm listening, is that uh, I think the term in industry is disruptive technology or disruptive circumstance globally. 
disruptive everything happened across the board and there was positives and negatives that came out of that your company is really about understanding and getting a deeper understanding and visualization of how social networks are connected correct yes i i think that the um like the the networks and the knowledge networks in organizations so what we do as a company is map those informal networks and make sure that people can connect both on a operational or tactical level to each other. So do team selections and all that. And what we see, and it's surprisingly uh, the, the need or demand for those networks increases a lot because everyone's now on their own from their kitchen table or basement or attic or wherever they work from. So everyone's on their own. Everyone's looking for knowledge looking for someone for expertise to help them so they're all on a quest to find that expert uh, in some ways it's more of an equalizer so we've worked with several companies who have like their core location their headquarters where let, let's say 80 percent of the people work and then they have their local offices with like a handful of people so either it be in one country like there's the central I mean, it could be in the U.S., someone who has their HQ in, I don't know, New York, and then they have their regional offices around the country. These regional offices would be would feel, in the past, pretty disconnected. Everything was already decided, and then you jump on a call, and yeah, all right, the people from HQ, they already sort of aligned informally. They already know what they're going to do. By now, because everyone's online, everyone's only working from their home. It doesn't matter if you're in HQ or you're in some sort of really mm. small satellite office, you're in the same level. So it equalizes the opportunity and the, the conversation. I like that because another barrier that I think a lot of organizations and pain points that come out of these communications across borders is time zones. Time zones always seem to be such a hiccup of mm -hmm. trying to connect. And I think you're right. There is an equalization. There's a, and it's almost like an expectation has changed the, the concept of connectivity. And I wanted to go back to your, your use of the word network because network in this context is people, yeah. not technology per se. It is the network of how and who human connections, regardless of the tool set that connects them, you're looking at who talks to who, and you're also looking at being able to enable people to figure out in their network of, of organizational contacts, who might know something they need to know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so it's, when I talk about network, it, it means indeed the social network. So the, the, the people network, if you want, it's, uh, something which is far wider and deeper than what we do. We try to give like more like a mirror image of the existing people network that's already there. And it's always bigger than your organization or your location or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hope that everyone in the world has more connections than just people at work. So you have your, your friends, your family, your your neighbors, it's you as an individual, it's your direct connections yeah. and what you do or get discussed with them. But the pinpoint goodness that comes out of your company, GuruScan, is to 
alleviate pain of trying to connect with the exact person you should be connecting with versus like a social network like Facebook. Facebook is yep. not purposeful in into that way, that pinpoint intent. Uh, LinkedIn is kind of getting there. LinkedIn's more in a work focus, but it's still not the pinpoint connectivity and deeper analysis that you can bring. So this is a great conversation because we've talked about the ability of these networks, the social networks to alleviate all the distance in time and geography and actually become closer in a digital way. Um, what's the benefit going forward, regardless of where we're at in the pandemic and what things are going to be like this year? Let's not guess that, but how do you see organizations adopting new ways? Well, I, I, I see that, for instance, especially if you if you take the, the connectivity in those uh, social networks um, as, a, as a starting point, we see that it really helps them to connect peers together in, you can call that communities of practice or communities of experts or centers of excellence. I mean, they're all different words, but um, I think mostly used as community of practice, it means that it's a connection of experts who share some sort of uh, domain knowledge, who are on the, on the same level. They're all interested in, I don't know, Internet of Things, or they're all interested in mm -hmm. a certain type of machine that you produce, or they're all like core experts in some sort of process that you deliver to your customers. And it doesn't matter if they're in South America or in Asia or in Europe or anywhere else in the world, because they can be connected because of the shared knowledge that they have. And that's the insight in who's connected to whom. We provide that and we also connect them based on the content of their profile. So if you are not yet connected to those, to those other experts, then we will use the content of your profile, so the knowledge profiles, as a way to sort of you know, well, initiate the contact. Of course, people will have to pick that up themselves. They'll have to act upon that. We will not force them to do it, but we'll suggest that. Mm -hmm. And I think the big difference, of course, with, with the more open social networks is that, well, Facebook, I mean, Facebook is an advertising agency, so that's they just try to steal your time and sell ads <laughs> out of the yeah. picture. I, I wouldn't even... Yeah, dare yeah. to compare with them it's so different it's, it's a whole other mm -hmm. game and i think even if you look at linkedin and linkedin is more in the professional domain and they're trying to get more of of some knowledge profiling and connecting uh, stuff in there yeah. um but in the end if you look at what uh, what makes uh, linkedin uh, uh run as a company is that they also sell the the underlying data to recruiters or recruitment agencies their agenda is probably a little in the cloak stage as they're owned by Microsoft. Yeah. So, so, it, so, but there is some cool integrations with all Microsoft products. There's some huge benefit there. So uh, to wrap things up, are there integration possibilities like that to where you can integrate with a CRM uh, and all those sorts of possible dynamic things an organization might really want? Yeah, so so we're we're doing that at different points and different levels. I think in the end, um, both for your uh, 
uh, knowledge and knowledge collection, um, I think it should be in the way of working. It should be like almost either an integral part of your work or it should be a um, like like it's more or less like a carbon copy of your work. So if you file something at your work, mm -hmm. the system will make like a a carbon copy and takes a little change in the in the knowledge system as well. You don't want to add another task, right? You no, don't not want another. Like, yeah, yeah. At Win, great. You just got. Uh, I don't know. You just got this budget for your project. Perfect. Now you will have to add <laughs> that topic to your knowledge profile or something. Right. No, we can get the the like the the data from the the stuff that you put in the the project description. Mm -hmm. It's it's already there. It's something you already put up. Uh, we can reuse that and sort of make that part of your knowledge profile as well. We can we can reuse stuff that you've been writing. Well, we're um, still trying also to do that. Uh, there there are lots of examples already that do that, like scan data and scan mailboxes and stuff mm, like that. Mm. That's generally not the approach that I find really helpful because it also gives a lot and a lot of uh, uh, garbage. So it's garbage in, garbage mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. If you scan like tons of emails, that might give you an impression, but it's almost never really good. So you can use that for suggesting things. You can say, well, right. hey, Edwin, you want to, to build your knowledge profile. We can help you with that. If yeah. you give us permission to scan your mailbox, we will give you a couple of suggestions from that mailbox, which you can then either yeah. confirm or deny. There, thereby, we have looped you in. We've mm -hmm. introduced the power and the ability of modern-day uh, computing and, and artificial intelligence type of technologies, but we haven't sort of overruled your human perception and your mm. your own insights in that. Yeah, you bring up a good point because an automated system could give you a bunch of stuff that's not really no, positive. No, it, it, yeah. it gives either, yeah. it gives a maybe a very, uh, what do you call it, indecent uh, results, or it gives you nonsense, mm. so, so not usable results. So it's, you know, it's funny you bring that up because uh, uh, in the last couple of purchases from Amazon, I don't know who thinks this is smart. It's like, I've already purchased the item and it's like a day later, I get an email. Oh, you may also be looking at, you know, like they're giving me alternatives long after the sale's done. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. At, yeah, yeah I, ju thanks. I just I bought, bought a really nice headphone. I don't, I don't need another one. <laughs> I only have one exactly. hat. <laughs> <laughs> and any any uh, creativity going on in your your one head over there? What else you got cooking? Well, I I also took the time because of all the the lockdown stuff that we had going on. So it, we were all confined to to the like home and office, and and that was about it. Um, so I took the time to finally start writing down some of the concepts behind the company so i mean we're using lots of different knowledge management perspectives and ideas i mean it's more or less like it like a a giant mix like a more like a melting pot of all kind of different ideas and concepts and all of them uh, i mean i think like isaac newton said like i'm standing on the shoulders of giants so it's all uh, we're using uh, the the polangi for the the knowledge definition and knowledge concepts we're using network technology uh, network ids uh, from from granovetter for instance uh, ids on on uh, transactive memory systems uh how people 
connect together and, and localize knowledge also in their like extended brains. So, but I took the time to uh, finally sit down and I got some assistance as well. So, so I uh, had a co, uh, co-author to write a book about it. So we put it all down. Is this going to be a how-to book or? No, it's, it's not really a how-to. It's more like a, like a, a like guiding concepts of, um, I think we've called it, we have a working title, which is called expert management. So instead mm. of doing knowledge management, we yeah. consider knowledge to be only available or only existing in uh, people, in people's heads in the end. Mm-hmm. So therefore, knowledge management should be about people management or expert management to give that some extra additional level. Thank you very much, Bart. I wish you great success in 2021. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. You're welcome. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook. <laughs>